Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, author, political commentator, and star of The Real Housewives of Potomac, Dr. Wendy Acefo talks to me about living with intention and leading with love. As the first Nigerian housewife on the Bravo series, Wendy aspired to represent Black excellence, but she quickly realized this purpose would be challenged when she encountered hostility on the show. It's tempting to react with negativity when we encounter trials, but a recent revelation shifted Wendy's perspective. I recently started seeing a therapist, and one thing she told me, and it sounded horrible when she said it, she said, Wendy, what I want you to know is none of us will make it out of this simulation alive. Like, life is a simulation. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's not like if you do something this way or if you live your life this way, you're going to live forever. No, we're all gonna go. And so life is about gratitude and living a life worth fulfillment. Hi, Dr. Wendy. Hi, Ashley. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you for okay. asking. Welcome to Trials. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So first, let's talk about how we met. Tell the story of how we met. If you could, please. Okay. We met at a Toast to Black Hollywood in LA. Yes. We were both honorees at the 2023 Toast to Black Hollywood. And I specifically remember this. So this is my side of the story. You're actually you're married. So, you know, there's two sides of the story. This is my side of the story. I remember you walked in and I looked up and I said to myself in my head, I said, who is that beautiful girl? Oh, and in my wow. head, I swear, that's what I said. In my head, I'm processing. I'm like, I've seen her before. I've seen her before. I've seen her before. And then I see people like coming up to you and saying hi and stuff like that. And then one of your former colleagues, her name escapes me, but she was there to celebrate you and to celebrate Logan, your success. Logan, Logan Browning. Logan, yes. Logan yeah. was there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Logan then says, yeah, Ashley. And I look over, I'm like, that's who that is. That's Ashley. And so it was like, so that was my whole, so I gave you the whole thing. That was no, the process. That was, um, first of all, that's so kind. I love that you even thought that, <laughs> but it's funny because I had a similar thought. So I'm with, you were with your husband. You yes. were with Eddie. I was with Daryl, mm -hmm. my husband. And mm -hmm. First of all, Daryl and I are huge fans of Real Housewives of Potomac. I'm also from oh, Potomac, really? like Gaithersburg area. That's where I'm from. Yes. Uh, yeah. So um, anyway, we're huge fans. And so we're like, that's Dr. Wendy and Eddie. <laughs> we're like, oh, we are freaking out. Now, mind you, we I knew who the honorees were going to be, right? Because it right. was like announced. Yeah. But to be honest, mm -hmm. I was like, Maybe she's not going to be able to come into L.A. I know you don't mm. live in L.A. So I didn't mm -hmm. really expect for you to be there. So when you were there, I was like, I have to go up and say something. And you were taking pictures. Oh. And so we it seems like we kind of had the moment at the same time. But I was just like, hi, like <laughs> such a huge fan of yours. It is so nice to meet you and you and your husband. First of all, also, we were thinking Daryl and I were like. They're so beautiful and attractive. Aww. You're such an attractive couple. Like Daryl and I really were like, wow. I mean, on screen, <laughs> but in person, geez Aww. Louise. So anyway, you were just so kind, so warm. Um, and we like had a little chat. And then after yes. we connected on Instagram, which I thought was yes. so kind. And then, you know, we connected on being sorors of AKA. Yes. Um, Hello. 
And yes, and here we are. So I just want to thank you for being here, but also just from being a warm, kind soul from the moment I met you. And it just really meant a lot. It always means a lot when I meet people like that. Oh, thank you. And the feeling was mutual because I feel like people don't understand that sometimes in our world, like this other world that we live in, not everyone is warm. Not everyone is kind. Not everyone is inviting. Not everyone is, and I'll use this term loosely, sisterly, right? Mm. And so when you are in those spaces and you meet people who are just naturally just good people, you remember that and you cherish that. So thank you. I appreciate you. Well, I'm so happy. Thank you. And I'm just happy that (laughs) Where we were sisterly, but you know what? Maybe that's the mm. spirit of AKA too. There, there might be a Maybe little bit of that is. in there because I love that you said sisterly. It's like, I feel mm. like the theme of being a sorority girl is like, it's about being sisterly. It's about seeing, seeing yourself in others. And so very much so I see myself in you and I think it's the same oh. for you. And it's, that's yes. always a good feeling. Well, thank you. I want us and we will have a real conversation mm. about what it feels like not what it is wendy i want to know what it feels like to be Mm. on rural housewives of potomac for you like i want to know what it feels like so again we will get there but before we're going to start with some icebreaker (laughs) questions you ready okay okay yes i'm ready what's something that recently landed on your gratitude list i don't want to sound morbid but I would say just the ability to live. Um, mm. I recently found out that one of my coworkers, because I also teach at Hopkins, who is relatively, you know, young, my age, passed away. And mm. she was a rock star. Like, I mean, in our field, when you think of an academic, it's like we aspire to be like her. And life is so fickle. And I recently started seeing a therapist and one thing she told me, and it sounded horrible when she said it, she said, Wendy, what I want you to know is none of us will make it out of this simulation alive. Like life is a simulation. And it's like, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's not like if you do something this way, or if you live your life this way, you're going to live forever. No, Mm -hmm. we're all going to go. And so life is about gratitude and living a life worth fulfillment. And so that has just been sitting with me recently, like just to be fulfilled, just to be happy. Like Mm. do you, forget everyone, just do you. Because there is a clock that is ticking that none of us can see. (sighs) I feel like the, uh, it's funny you you say this because I recently told Daryl, I was like, I have been, recently dealing, having a tough time reconciling death. And I don't Mm. really know why. I've just been, it's been in my spirit lately that like I had to accept uh, and admit to myself that I'm not comfortable with it. And I'm not comfortable with people I love leaving this earthly plane. And in the same breath, Wendy, I realized I have to become comfortable with it. It's the inevitable. Right. And there there was also uncomfortability in that and like the realization of like, if there's anything I need to be comfortable with is that new life comes into the world and and lives we love leave. Like I I have to 
I have to become comfortable with it, but it's difficult. It's difficult. It is very difficult. And that's what actually, it's funny you say that. That's what actually generated, that was the nexus of my conversation with my therapist was I was telling her, I am uncomfortable with death Mm. and I don't know why. And so she was trying to situate me and situate my own understanding to say, you have to be comfortable with it because it's something that you know is going to happen. Yeah. And it has just been hard for me. Um, and I'm still trying to navigate. I don't have it all mastered, but what I do know now more than ever is because it is inevitable, man, live, live, just live, yeah, live. Just live. Yeah. And you know what? Live and also love love like choose love always like because if we don't know when our time is or when the time of our loved ones is then then you want to make sure that you leave people with love you don't leave people with a bad taste in their mouth you don't leave people with with um with uncomfortability and and things that are unspoken or things that are spoken and and spoken unkindly um yeah that's lead with love that's like that's like my theme of this year a thousand percent. All right. Fair. So I want to start at the beginning. Uh, Wendy, where okay. do you consider home? In bed with my husband. Mm. <laughs> I feel so, and and not even in a, a, a sexual way, but in a safe way. I feel mm. like home is where you feel safe. And when it's just me and him, together laying down i just feel safe i feel at home i feel like there's no outside noise and that makes me feel protected in a way that i can't really put my fingers on that's home i love that you are the first person to give i think on this podcast as i always ask what has home given you and and we're talking about Mm -hmm. i'm I'm asking about like you know where you're from but i think you might Mm -hmm. be the first person who gave a person you know you didn't say Mm -hmm. north carolina or maryland or nigeria Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. said Mm -hmm. your husband and i think that that's really profound and special and i can deeply relate um Mm -hmm. And, you know, my follow up question is, you know, is always like, what has what has home given you? But you answered that it, it gives you peace. Mm-hmm. It gives you. It, it, and, you know, what's interesting about that, honestly, now that I think of it, just to tie it deeper. Yeah. Growing up, I always moved around. Mm-hmm. No place has really been singularly home. I grew up in North Carolina. Then my family moved to New York. I even lived in Massachusetts. Then we moved to Maryland. Ah. I was born in Nigeria. I never stayed in one place mm-hmm. for a very long time. And ironically, being with my husband and being married for 12 years, his our marriage supersedes any length of time I've ever stayed in one state. So maybe because I've always moved around and I've always had to make new friends and I've always had to be the new girl that Mm. home to me now is defined by consistency. Mm -hmm. And he has been outside of my mom and my sister, the most consistent thing in my life. Mm. So he's home. Well, that tied it deeper for sure, because I, I literally have like chills. That was beautiful. Mm. I didn't realize that, 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 uh, as you put it, you were always the new girl. 
Mm-hmm. That is, um, I don't, I can't relate to that experience, mm-hmm. but it's an experience that whenever I, I meet people who had that experience, I'm always like, that's tough. Like you gotta have, mm-hmm. you have to have some thick skin to always be the new girl in the room, the new girl at the yes. school, the new girl, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like that is, there's like, there's a confidence that emerges from that or doesn't, right? Like mm. there, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, so what has that felt like over the years being the new girl? It's definitely changed with age when you're younger, of course, it's so hard. It's so difficult because everyone knows each other. Everyone knows each other's parents. And here you are, the new girl coming in. And it was always difficult for me. And what I found was that you know, I I really never got a chance to know who I was because I was ever changing. Um, and I remember even in my book, Tears of My Mother, I talk about how when we moved to Massachusetts, I was the only black girl in my seventh grade. And I had to get contacts because I can't see. I still wear contacts till today. I have all my clear contacts today. <laughs> and when it was time for me to decide what color to get, I was like, oh, you can get color contacts? Mind you, I was in the seventh grade. This was mm-hmm. a long time ago. And I chose gray. Granted, I chose it because Lil' Kim, Crush on You, her video came out and she had great contacts. And I was like, I aspire to be like her. But I also don't believe that it's lost on me that with great contacts, it allowed me to fit in more into the all white aesthetic that was my middle school. So being the new girl was always hard. But like you said, it's made me have tough skin. It's made me be able to walk into a room with a sense of confidence and be like, yeah, I'm here and you, you will deal because Mm -hmm. I've done it before. I've done it all my life. And it's even helped me with Real Housewives of Potomac when I was the newbie and I had to come into the room and I had to basically build Mm -hmm. friendships and relationships Mm -hmm. with these women. It's, it's, it's part of who I am, but it's also made me have a layer of myself that I only know and the outside world doesn't because I fear that if I ever share who I am wholly with people, it's only a matter of time before I have to leave again and I don't want to get hurt. Wendy, that breaks my heart. Mm. So when do you, literally, (laughs) I'm like getting teary. So when do you (laughs) feel or when was the last time you felt like you really could fully show yourself and open up all the parts of yourself and not be judged and not feel like, and more importantly, Wendy, know that if you leave, you'll still be loved. You'll still be missed. Like when was the last time you Mm -hmm. felt that? You know, what's interesting. And this may sound so naive. I felt like when I was on this show, when I was on Real Housewives, Mm. I was like, I'm going to be myself. You know, I came in and my first season, I just had a baby and that's who I was at the time. 
I came in the second season, my second season, and I was getting my bounce back from motherhood. And I had, you know, cosmetic procedure. And I was like, I'm back to myself. And I was so eager. I even had a reveal party to the women, the nude interlude where I was like, yes, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm showing you guys my cosmetic procedures and I'm happy about it. And they use that to tear me down. Mm-hmm. And that was literally the last time I opened up to who I was. And I know I'm so dumb for doing on a reality TV show because I was naive. I thought like, hey, like you show your real life and this is my real life and this is who I really am. And for them to basically weaponize my vulnerability in a way to show that No, because you got those cosmetic procedures, you're actually insecure. And because you have those cosmetic procedures, Mm. you're having issues at home. Mm. I was like, never again. I'm done. So that was the last time I have shown who I really am. Well, I feel like you're doing it here. I And I feel like Mm. when I, like, honestly and truly, uh, Wendy, like, and, and when I met you, although it was brief... It was real. It was Mm. very real. If it weren't real, then we wouldn't be sitting here today. We wouldn't have connected the way that we did after. We wouldn't, you know, and and, and even just in you sharing that so uh, truthfully and, and with such vulnerability, you, you, you have the ability to do it. I think it's when you feel safe. And I think that it is, Mm. I think that the, the naivete that you're speaking of is, is not naivete. It's that, you allowed yourself to feel safe. You you ended up not feeling mm. safe and that's okay. We all go into situations like that. You're not alone in that. That's a very human mm. experience. You're supposed to walk yeah. into things bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and and open mm-hmm. and ready and and excited. And we're also supposed to understand that when we're not received that way to put in proper boundaries and that's okay too. But it doesn't mean you don't continue to know that God will send you people that you still feel like you can be your full self with and they will still Mm. love you and they will still accept you. And even as you were saying that, I remember when that happened with you in, in season two. And just as you were saying that, I was like, I can't imagine a friend, a friend, Right. Doing something for themselves, Mm -hmm. even if it's something that I wouldn't do, Mm -hmm. right? We're different Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Doing something for themselves and being happy about it and wanting me to celebrate them and me just plainly making the choice not to. Right. That seems ridiculous when you you break it down (laughs) like that. That just seems... It, I would right. never, you support your friends. You love your friends. You ask them how else you, you support them and you celebrate them before they even ask you to. It's, it's just, it's, right. it's, it's automatic. So right. again, we'll, we'll talk I, about more things, but. Yeah. Like I, I thought they were going to celebrate me. I thought they were going to get me like new bras or something like, yeah, girl, we, we are so happy. Here goes some new bras for you because we are happy for you. And it was completely the opposite of that. But I do think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's when I feel safe. Yeah. It's all about when I feel safe. Yeah. 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 Well, I gotta, we gotta talk about these degrees, Dr. Wendy, because. Oh, Lord. All right. Let's talk about them. I don't know if I know anybody, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I know anybody that is Mm. as decorated 
and as degreed mm. up, that's what I'm gonna call it, as you. <laughs> and so what I, I what I what I wanna know is what are all your degrees, but also what made what is what was the thought when you were like, I think I'm just gonna go get another one. I think I'll do <laughs> what what is that? What is that in a person that 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 got you that that got you there rather? You know what? I I am the second daughter and my sister is an overachiever. I always felt like I didn't achieve what I needed to achieve because my sister was always above and beyond excellence. She mm. is now a surgeon and following in her footsteps was just very, very difficult. And so growing up in our Nigerian household, my mom always told us that you are going to college. It was never a question of if it was always a question of what college are you going to go to? Mm -hmm. And so getting my bachelor's was a no brainer. I was like, okay, I'm getting my bachelor's degree. And when all of my friends were like really celebrating after graduation, my mom is looking at me like, why are you celebrating? Like what, what, what have you done? Like, what could you possibly have done? And so I'm like, um, I thought I did something great, but clearly she didn't think I did. Okay. All right. So I was like, okay, I'll go get my master's. So I got my master's and I did my first master's degree at Johns Hopkins because I was like, I'm going to get this master's so I can go on to law school. So that was more so focused in government mm -hmm. and, you know, just international relations. I went to law school. Law school didn't pan out. I actually failed out of law school. I write about it in my book. It was mm -hmm. heartbreaking. I failed out by 0 0.005 or something like that. Long story. It's because of Barack Obama. You, you have to read my book, but it's yes. a long story about what happened. I basically, yeah. Okay. Okay. So when that didn't work, I came home from law school. So at, at this time, when I came home from law school, like head down, yeah. I had two degrees. I came home back to my mom's house. And I was like, this is what happened. She said, okay, law school didn't work out. We have to decide what you get your doctorate in. And I'm like, mm. wait, hold on. I thought, you know, are they have masters? We're good here. We're, we're good. No, we're not good. You need mm. a doctor. So I apply for a PhD program. And in the course of getting my PhD, I also got another master's degree. And then subsequently, I got my PhD and became the first Black woman to graduate with a PhD in public affairs and community development from my institution. All of that to say, it wasn't by design. It was by life just throwing you curveballs. It's almost like a game of Mario and you're collecting coins, mm -hmm. but the enemies are still getting at you while you're still collecting the coins. Ooh. So I was collecting these degrees, but the enemy was still <laughs> trying to knock me off of my rocker left wow. and right. But in the end, you know, I, I stood triumphant and I collected four degrees. So it all worked out. And I always hated school. I don't think mm. I've ever shared that. So this is what I was thinking, Dr. Wendy, okay. as you were saying all this, you mm -hmm. don't like school. Cause that was like, no. that was the whole time you're talking. I'm like, does she just love school? <laughs> and so you confirmed that you don't. And so what I was thinking mm -hmm. is that you don't love school. You value mm -hmm. education, but I think what it is, mm -hmm. is that you like to inspire. I think that being an inspiration mm -hmm. is a, is a, 
is a large part of your purpose. And, and I say this because this is, I, I can see it in you because it's in me. And so for you, you are able to, uh, deal with and overcome, like have like the trudging through of all the like schooling, right? That mm-hmm, mm-hmm, can feel mm-hmm. difficult because you know that just by being decorated in this way, that it's going to inspire someone else that looks like you to know that they can do it too. And that's bigger than maybe the, the lamenting of having to go through the school. It's, you've always known that it's bigger than you. That's what it sounds like to me. Even, mm-hmm. you know, as we transition, I want to talk to you about being a cast member on the Royal Housewives of Potomac. And my first question for you is what initially drew you to being a cast member on it? And I want you to answer. But my thought is after you just said this is you knew who it could touch despite mm. having to be the new girl again, right? You mm. knew you were mm-hmm. going to be the new girl again, but you still mm-hmm. put yourself in a position where I know I'm going to be the new girl again. It doesn't feel good. I don't love it. But who can I reach? Who can I as- inspire? It's bigger than me. Am I mm. on the right path or? <laughs> you are. No, you are. And that's so interesting that you say that about inspiration because I never... I never looked at myself in that way. I have had people tell me that, mm. but I have never looked at myself in that way. I just felt as though I'm just going through life and I'm doing these things and people will stop and tell me, oh, this is great. This is phenomenal, you know, but I never in the moment reconciled it with my own thinking in that manner. Mm. Um, as it relates with the Real Housewives of Potomac, it's interesting because my initial thought when I did the show was I felt as though I had lived my life for everyone else. Like how I talked about my mom saying, okay, what's the next degree? What's yeah. this? What's that? And because I had lived my life for everyone else, I was, I said, I'm going to do something for myself. And it was mm-hmm. out of the box. And it was an opportunity that literally came to me. I didn't go to it. It, it literally came to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, why not? Why, why don't I do this? And the way in which I was packaged was from the inspirational lens. I think if I remember my first introduction in the trailer, it was, she is Black girl magic personified. That's how they sold me, so to speak. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, sometimes when you live your life, and you wake up every day in this body mm-hmm. to this face, it's normal. Yeah. You don't realize the way other people see you. Mm. And I never knew that. I never knew how many people I inspired because I just thought this was the norm. Mm-hmm. And a part of it for me, as I've been on this journey, is... I have learned about myself in ways that I never knew. And as much stress and headache that this show gives me, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for seeing myself in a way that I never thought I deserved to be seen. Mm. You know? What What yeah. are some things that you've learned? Like some difficult so what what are some difficult things you've learned in, on this journey and some like really beautiful things you've learned on this journey about yourself or even about others? Well, 
it was always just a blessing to be the first Nigerian housewife. Mm. And the way that that really galvanized and rallied people of Nigerian descent to say, there's one of us on this platform. I, I, till today, I marvel in it and I appreciate that. It's also not lost on me that I'm a dark-skinned woman Mm -hmm. on a major TV show, especially when my other castmates are fair-skinned. And occupying that space, I never thought of it as a torch when I occupied. I was just, you know, the newest member of the show. But just to hear so many dark-skinned women who are like, yes, thank you for representing us. Yes. Or even the fact that, you know, I growing up, I, I loved, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I loved Martin. But a part of me always wondered why the men in those shows were lighter skin and their women were fair skin. It was almost like to be deemed worthy as a woman to be on a platform, your skin had to be light. Here I am on this show with my black ass husband, my black children. Mm. Mm-hmm. And my black skin mm-hmm. and, and all of us a chocolate. Mm. And when I tell you there is power in that, you know, because, I know. because we don't see that we don't see even in commercials, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's fine. Great. You know, we're representing the array of colors and I'll cut, I got it, but there's power in being that representation on TV. And that's not lost on me. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know that I can relate too. I mean, I can relate with the types of roles that I choose to play Mm. and the types of projects I choose to be involved in, but also my, the actual home and the life that I've created. Like I live it in real life. Like you said, Mm. I got my, dark husband we don't have our dark kids and we're gonna be up in here living our happy black dark skin life and there is something there there is um there's such power in it and i think what what is the most important thing about the power that's in it is that we have to be unwilling to allow people to take away the power Mm. like Everyone's not going to understand it or appreciate it in the way that we do, but we have to continue to put it into the world because we know how much it means. Everyone can't relate and that's okay, but we know who can relate and how powerful and important it is. So we, we can't stop. You have Mm -hmm. to keep being your full, beautiful, dark skinned, uh, 11 degrees self. You have to keep being that because there's so many women that you know are like, oh, she looks like me. Yeah. She did what? Wait, look at her family. Is that, you know, maybe even young girls, like, is maybe that, that is that maybe what my family could look like one day? Like mm. this, it, it's so much bigger than us. And, and kind of going back to the beginning, if we know that we're leaving the world one day, mm. then I want to know that what I'm leaving behind inspired somebody else to live a life that they maybe didn't even Mm. know was possible. 
right? Like that, that's purpose. That's, that's living a purpose-driven life. And I know that that's what you and I are both committed to doing. And mm. I want to tell you that I see your commitment to doing it on the show, even given the circumstances, which don't mm. support you doing it all the time. Mm. And I think that in life, Ooh. we all have that. It's like you were saying, it's like playing Mario and you're getting these mm. coins, but you know, you're being attacked mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you try to mm-hmm. hold on to the bag with the coins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, I go back to like what your mother says, do not be scared. God's got you. God's you are okay. Even if you mm-hmm. lose a couple of the coins along the way, you'll get them back. That's right. They'll come back. That's right. Have you wanted to leave? Has there been a point where you were like, I just can't do this. Maybe this isn't yes. for me. Maybe I made the wrong choice. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that way after my first season. I was mm-hmm. like, this this is not for me. This is yeah. not what I signed up for. Because again, you know, going back to that constant theme of naivete, I felt as though I would come on the show and not get into the fray, so to speak, right? But that's not the way the show is designed. And mm-hmm. I fully didn't understand what the purpose, you see, there's two different things. Mm-hmm. We have our purpose as individuals, mm-hmm. but you also have to realize with everything you involve yourself in, that thing also has its purpose. And there may be times oh. when they are in complete contention. Ooh, Wendy. So my good. purpose may be to inspire, but what's the show's purpose? And it took me some time to realize mm. that my purpose on this earth is in direct conflict with what the show's purpose is. And now that I have realized that, I have to find a way for them to coexist. But earlier, I thought it was the same and Mm. it left me hurt when it wasn't translating. Mm. But you see, I had to tell myself, baby girl, it's not translating because you, Wendy, are flawed. No, it's not translating because you fail to realize the purpose of the project you signed up for. But now I know the purpose. So let the games begin. (laughs) That I know the purpose is now. a word. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. That really, I needed to hear that because it's, it's understanding the difference mm. can save you a lot mm. of hurt, can save Ooh. you. I mean, hello, somebody. <laughs> I wish I knew that. And it applies, you know, what you said, Wendy, applies to so many different areas of life. It it even applies to like relationships, right? Hmm. Like everybody isn't the one. Every friend isn't the friend that you can, you like, but once you figure out what, 
who they are and and ha- and and what their 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 purpose is in your life and what your purpose is in their life then then it it takes out mm. the the icky stuff it 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 mm. it takes out the the contention and the and the frustration and the sadness and the in the sleepless nights because you're like there you go. I get it. You're, you're my, for example, I'm just making random things up. Like you're the friend that I just, we have a good time with when we go out. I don't need Correct. you to be the friend that when I'm having a major surgery that you're right by my side, it's okay. Right. Cause I have a friend for that. And mm. I know that they're going to be there mm. for that. You know what I mean? Like I'm, o- I'm okay. When you mm. realize this is the thing, Wendy, when you realize that you're okay, mm. in spite of what you feel like you're lacking. Ooh then you're good mm. but it's when you feel like you're not okay and mm. and and you don't have provision and you don't have mm. the things in place and and also what that comes down to honestly is gratitude you can you can mm. operate differently on the show right now because you're like your gratitude for your home life is so strong mm-hmm. and what you have it's like mm-hmm. this can't penetrate me in the same way like i'm correct I'm okay. I'm good. Are Correct. you? Are you Correct. though? <laughs> you know what I mean? Correct. Like, Correct. That's wow. That's really, really powerful. And I'm, and I'm happy, you know, seeing your journey on the show, I will say, I'm happy you've had this realization. I'm really happy you've had it. I am too, girl. <laughs> They, 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 I was up against the ropes for a while. I didn't know. I was like, wait, whoa, whoa. Why is this? Why is this not clicking? Why is this not clicking? Mm. Why is this? Why am I so hurt? Why is this bother? Why, why? It was a bunch of whys until I realized that the issue is not you. Is the issue is you want, you want to show excellence for a show that was never designed to show excellence. Mm. Well, wait, so one more, one more thing I want to ask about this. So do you, Mm -hmm. do you, so when you realize that who you, who you are naturally Mm -hmm, is, mm -hmm. is not necessarily uh, congruent with the Mm -hmm. space that you're in, Mm-hmm. do you adjust do you like do you just say oh well it's just gonna have to be incongruent i guess or do you mm-hmm, morph mm-hmm. to make it what do you do well i'll say this what you don't do is you don't mm-hmm. change yourself okay you stay Got true it. to who you are you stay solid to your core you remain who you are because another thing as i started teasing it out is like okay do i have an issue with the show and i and i thought about it and i said it's not that I have an issue with the show because everyone doesn't necessarily love their workplace. It's just, it's still a job. I have to realize that it is a job for, it's still a job. I'm, yeah. I'm going to work. I'm going yeah. to work. It just happens to be, I'm going to work to show my life. Mm-hmm. And so it was my own thinking that made it tougher than it should be. You know, I just had to get out of my own head about it because I think that, and, and I feel, and I sense this from you too, when you are in a good place in your life and you surround yourself with love, you're protective of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it hard to separate because it's not just a job where you're pushing papers from left to right and you may not have any affinity or any connection to necessarily what's happening. 
this job that I actually signed up for is about my life, the thing that I am protective about, the thing that I do love. So it was hard for me to say, yes, you could love this thing, but maybe the job doesn't also love this thing. It's not, mm. it's not, it's not the job's role to love it. It's mm. my job to love it. Ooh. It's my job. And so I just had, I feel like I had it all backwards. Got I it. had, I, I, I had my thinking all backwards, but now I understand what's going on. I understand what's at play. I also understand that, um, it's an amazing opportunity. It's, it's gotten me to share my story with people whom, you know, I've never met before. Mm-hmm. It's, it's allowed me to, you know, just be who I am in a space that people may have not known that someone like me exists. So I, I do appreciate it, but you, in all things, in all things, you got to know what you're getting into. You got to know what you're getting into. You got to know what you're getting into. Dr. Wendy, (laughs) what has been your takeaway from our conversation today? Child. (laughs) (laughs) Man, okay, what has been my takeaway? No, I think I think I will I will say where we started, which is to live, to live Mm. a life of fulfillment surrounded by love. That has been a constant theme in our conversation. Yeah. Love, love. fulfillment, happiness. I love that. My takeaway is um, the awareness that you instilled in me about uh, understanding that the, the places and the spaces that I will continue to navigate in my career might not have the same purpose as me or the same mm. vision as me. And that doesn't mean I stop being me. It just mm. means that I that I'm aware of it and I allow it to not mm. um maybe hurt me or surprise me or shock me in a way that mm. maybe it would have had you not imparted that wisdom upon me. So I'm very grateful for it and and something deep inside is telling me that like I needed to hear that today for something that is in my future. So I really mm. really really thank you for that um Wendy, because I think it was very sage advice and advice that, uh, you know, you learned having gone through a lot, but that I think will help everybody that listens to this episode. So um, I thank you. I honor you. And I'm so proud of you, Wendy. You you are, you used the word marvel earlier, but you to me are a marvel. Yeah. Thank you. I need to hear that today. Yeah. Thank you. You're amazing. And thank we see you. you. Oh, thank you. you. I, I know needed that. to hear that today. <laughs> no, oh, we man. See you. <laughs> thank you <laughs> we so much. You. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lantigua. Our managing producers are Fatima El Swiffy and Paulina Velasco. Shanice Tindall is our lead producer. Associate producer is Mona Hassan. Jordan Thompson is our marketing coordinator. This episode was mixed by Trin Lightburn. Michelle Baker is our video editor. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you did, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to your podcast to ensure you hear the next one.